0: Welcome to episode 233 of KT Confidential, the real estate podcast. Today, we find out if your realtor is messing up your deal. Howdy, friend. Good morning. How are you? I'm excellent. Good. Uh, Today's topic, I don't know what you want to title it. Is your realtor fucking up the deal? Or is your realtor prepared for a bidding war? Or are you a realtor and need some advice on how to
1: help your clients win a bidding war? Yeah, I mean, if you find yourself as a realtor or as a buyer constantly losing out on bidding wars, which is a thing. Not even constantly losing out. It's if you're getting into one, which is
0: going to happen now because the market is low supply, higher demand, demand's increasing. You've got all of the big... Real estate companies now changing their predictions and saying, "Oh, the market's actually going to go up in the fourth quarter right It's
1: already happening uh real time in southern Ontario bidding wars everywhere here's the funny thing though with bidding wars, so we haven't had it hasn't been commonplace for a while, but now it is again, but you know when it was last year and 16, decade, decade 16 months previously. ago was the last time it was very prevalent. <clears throat> I was hearing, I heard a story. Um, My wife's extended family, <clears throat> somewhere different here. I don't even know where they are. She was complaining that she kept losing out on bids, but she was blaming it on the other bidders, right? She's saying, oh, these people are spending too much money. She's right. So her perception of the reason why she was losing and never buying a house and never winning these bids uh, was because of the other people. First of all, I can't stand people who don't take responsibility for their their own actions. But it's funny because, and I imagine that was, uh, she felt that way because her agent was probably saying things like, oh, these people are out to lunch, right? So here she is losing out on who knows how many houses and every house she lost out on, the prices are continuing to go up.
0: You made me add to my list now. So I'll kind of start. Yes. Okay. Let's address what you just said. Sometimes you have difficult as a realtor, you might have a difficult client or buyer. That's stubborn. Mm -hmm. That's the word I would use We experience it all the time, all the time. I just got a text message from one of them right now. Um, and then sometimes it's also because the realtor is being too passive. Yes. Afraid of upsetting the buyer or afraid of losing the deal altogether. So, or
1: maybe afraid of their client overspending and not right. really having a true understanding of where the market's going. Okay. So, you're already going into some of my
0: points here, but I'm going to start at the top tip for realtors the communication with the other realtor is so important how you start that relationship is probably one of the most important ways to get kind of get advanced in the The bidding war itself, right? So as an example, if I have a client that's interested in putting an offer on your property, I'm going to call and I'm going to say, hey, it's Ariel Cormendi from Century 21 Miller. I showed your property yesterday at 123anywherestreet.com. Dot com. And we did a virtual walkthrough.
1: Yeah. (laughs)
0: And my client is very interested in putting an offer. I understand that your offers are being presented tomorrow at 7 p.m. and that you would like it registered by 6 p.m. Am I going to send the offer to info at anywherestreet.com? Yes. Okay, great. Can you tell me, is there anything else that I need to know
1: for the offer or about the property? Versus... An agent who sends an offer and you've never heard from them.
0: Yes. Or versus somebody that calls, doesn't introduce themselves properly, doesn't say what brokerage they're from, doesn't ask any questions about
1: whatever. Yes.
0: So as an example, uh, rental items. Some boards are very good about displaying it the Toronto Real Estate Board never had an area for, they they updated that recently, but they never had an area to identify rental items. Right. So us as the listing agents, sometimes we would get offers in a bidding war situation. This realtor may have not done their proper due diligence and now submits an offer with the hot water tank not listed as a rental item. Yes. Well, if you are the seller and the listing agent and you have six offers, do you really want to go back to that offer and say, Hey, you screwed up the paperwork because the time is of the essence.
1: Well, and a a lack of confidence can ruin a deal. Right. So that goes to my next
0: part. So communication is number one. First of all, speak clearly. Don't fumble your words. Don't sound like you're falling out of bed drunk.
1: Well, even that is okay, is is acceptable if you're calling and taking the initiative to communicate. I because some people have a language barrier, and that is how it is perceived. So you have so that doesn't bother me at all. It's for me, it's a matter of is this person calling me, uh, giving me a heads up? Um, is how does their paperwork look? Right. So. Before we get into the paperwork, because you're
0: going into a different direction now, the communication part of it also is, so I gave you that example of calling the other agent and saying, hey, I'm interested in submitting an offer on behalf of my client. I will be registering an offer. Um, I always send a quick text after that call to open that line of communication.
1: Yeah, I do the same. Hey,
0: it's Ariel Cremendi from Century 21 Miller. Thanks for the call. I will be submitting the offer and registering it by six o'clock tomorrow. Please keep me updated if anything changes, blah, 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 blah. And that's it. And now they know who you are. um, And they've heard your voice. Maybe you had some mutual, like I always try and find some common ground, some... um, Some chat, right? Like something other than business. Uh, I was at your open house. You guys did a great job. Whatever. Proper paperwork.
1: Yes. So we've had, I've had many instances where we were in multiple offers. I was on the listing side of the equation. We were reviewing documents and there was a number of offers. And if there's... well, there's one in particular. So this one offer came in. It was actually substantially higher than the rest of them, but there was countless errors, things not filled in, things filled in incorrectly, And we had zero confidence in this agent's ability. Oh, I remember. This was not that long ago, and your seller opted to take the they went with the lower, lower price. Amount. Yeah, which I commended them on because a lot of people can't get past the number. But – um, well, we recently had a transaction where the buyers didn't come through with the deposit. We see that regularly; it's not uncommon. Uh, so, well, you know, if regularly able, is a little bit of well, a it's not uncommon uh, in the industry. I'm not saying for us necessarily, right. but um, if if you don't if you don't have the confidence in the other party to proceed, well, and that's fulfill, a legal document. It is. But if they don't bring the deposit, it's going to be a hard battle. What I'm saying is as the
0: realtor. Oh, yes. If you have the inability to fill out what you went to school and are licensed to do as a legal document in trading a one million plus dollar value piece of real estate on behalf of your clients. And half of the shit is missing from the offer. As the listing agent, how confident am I that? First of all, this deal is gonna actually close. Right. That your client actually knows what the hell they signed, that you'll come in with
1: the deposit when you say you do, that you're not going to create uh most people shortcut it. They don't they have no idea what they're filling in. They don't know that you have to put certain like units of measurement for the lot measurements. Or no,
0: it's it's not even that a lot of them don't know.
1: It's, it's laziness. Well, laziness and, and and lack of knowledge. Lack, just, lack they of don't know what they're doing. Lack of attention. Yeah. Or they're put city of instead of town of. And, you know, although it may seem minor, these things can. If you try and sue somebody breaker. and
0: you send documents to the Ontario Court of Justice and you try and submit something and one line or one word is missing on certain things, they don't even
1: file it. Right. That slows everything down. Right. And when you're competing against other offers, that well, becomes a variable so we're in the decision.
0: We're talking about bidding wars. Yes, because this is a heated discussion. It's what makes things interesting. You have five offers. Your goal as a listing agent is to negotiate the best price, terms, conditions, deposit. Right. That's what your job is at that point. Initially, your job is to get as many people looking at the house as possible, as many people through, get as many offers as you can. Once you have all those offers, negotiate it to the best of your ability to have the highest price, the highest deposit, the fewest conditions, and the best terms to represent your seller. Subjective to the client. Yes. Yes. Of course. You're doing everything in their best interest so you have five or six offers or whatever there was a home a uh, couple of weeks ago sold with 14 offers they never got the deposit the next day right. so they could have chosen one of 13 other offers the one they went with never even showed up with a deposit uh, you're not going to counter offer in very very unlikely scenario that you would counter offer And sign back one of those offers while you're in that bidding war status. Why? Give you an example. So if offers are registered at five o'clock and being presented at six, usually five, six offers, uh, you start at six o'clock and by nine o'clock, you should have a deal wrapped up with some back and forth negotiation, whatever. So now what, you're going to counter offer one of them in the process and say, oh, you have a half an hour to get back to me with that. Sometimes it happens, but very unlikely. It's rare. It's rare. You don't want to be out of your control. And as soon as you counter offer, you're saying now this counter offer, I can't basically do anything else until you respond to it. So you're cuffing yourself, right? Handcuffing yourself. So very unlikely you're going to counteroffer. If the offer has mistakes, it is delaying the process in some way, shape, or form. So as an example with the hot water tank rental, if it's not identified on that agreement, now you as the listing agent have to go back to the buyer's agent and say, hey, that's missing and it's a rental. So can you add it, have your clients initial it and send it back? Well, all of a sudden, because the offer has been submitted and in presentation, that agent's uh, clients went for dinner and it just so happens they're having a couple glasses of wine and enjoying their evening because they think they're going to buy a house and they're not checking their phone because they weren't trained by the realtor or taught by the realtor that they need to be available during this time and the event something changes, blah, blah, blah. And an hour goes by, and you, the listing agent, calls and says, "Oh, uh, I thought you're going to revise that offer and send it back with the change of adding the hot water tank. Oh, I can't get a hold of my clients. had that happen sent yeah, <clears throat> I sent it to them via DocuSign. I'm just waiting for them to sign. Well, excuse me, I have five other offers that are waiting for an answer, and we're not going to wait any longer, yeah. So proper paperwork.
1: I mean from spelling mistakes to yes. inaccurately spelling mistakes being filled in.
0: The legal description. The entire legal description needs to be in there.
1: Oh yeah. Don't shortcut it. I love when so there's you, a, you mentioned units of measurement. Yes. So that means uh on, on the Feet, first page, meters. you have to identify the width and the the depth of the lot and you have to put the what type of measurement you're using. So you have to identify feeder meters. Um, and it's funny because some people will pre-populate these forms using some of the programs out there for real estate agents. And in many cases, the the land or the property description, the legal description will show as CGO warehouse in the system. And people don't update that. So they really pay no attention to what they're doing. They click, okay, yep, yeah, click here, add these people, price deposit done. And they don't review what they're submitting.
0: Yeah. Or they use standard
1: standard clauses. Well, I had the offer. Um, so the offer we accepted last night or on uh, Friday night, rather. Oh, sorry, Saturday night. Had a clause at the end of Schedule A, which is a very vaguely worded clause uh, that said that the buyer and the seller will agree to change, will cooperate in changing the closing date if they decide to. Like almost word for word. So it was very vague. I'm like, well, no, like that means we'll agree to anything indefinitely. Like you could delay it for a year. And uh, that was the only thing with this guy's paperwork that was off. And I called him about it. He's like, oh, yeah, I didn't mean to include that. Just we'll, we'll revise it and send it back. Um, but, you know, that goes to goes to show like, he wasn't even sure. He has probably a standard set of clauses, even though I can't imagine why that would be in there. And he just threw it into Schedule A, crossed off a few, and... <laughs> Sent it in. So on one of our other
0: listings, we also had multiple offers on it last week. And the offer we ended up accepting had a clause in Schedule A where it said the seller is to provide a survey of the property within seven business days. That's all it said. So first of all, I can't accept it because the seller doesn't have a survey. In fact, there was probably never a proper survey done because a lot of builders will use a plan of subdivision or a survey that has several properties on it. So this just says, oh no, at the seller's expense, So if my seller was to sign that, they don't have a survey, there was never one provided by the builder, there was never one done, technically she's signing off that she has to hire a surveyor to come out and complete a new survey, so it fulfills that clause, or that. that's technically a
1: condition, even though it's not worded properly and doesn't have... And if not provided, it now becomes there in breach of contract.
0: Correct. Um. So we ended up crossing it off and initialing and blah, blah, blah. Um, But something like that can mess up your deal if you're in multiple offers. Yes. So proper paperwork, make sure all of the documentation is there that's needed, proper spelling, proper clauses that are appropriate for that home. So if it doesn't have a finished basement, you don't have to talk about something of warranting the status of a finished basement. I see that all the time.
1: Um, it's funny. I was chatting with my brother on the weekend because he's doing his courses right now. He's in the Sims. And he got into a conversation with the instructor because they were talking about the survey clause. And the instructor's like, you must, very adamant. You must include the survey sure. clause. Yeah. And lawyers will say the same thing. Yeah. So my brother questioned me. He's like, well, well what if they don't have one? Because it's highly likely that they don't have one in their possession. He's like, well, then you ask them to get one, and he's like, well, that's really not that feasible because it takes three months and it's over thirty five hundred bucks. And he's like, well, he didn't have an answer for him. But in a lot of the the stuff that's being taught to these agents is not practical, so they need to really get their feet wet and understand how it works.
0: Well, these courses through in our part of the world, it's Humber College. Yes. Uh, now, and there's five courses and, um, you know, I think they do a good job of um, preparing a realtor for a lot of the paperwork and legalities and and just getting that base knowledge. But the blue collar stuff that actually happens on the streets when you're trading real estate is very, very different. Yeah. Um, and not to say that it's, it's not nothing shady or anything like that. It's it's just stuff that happens that is not taught in the schools. So, yeah, that's a very, very valid example.
1: Well, and in many cases, if you are by the book and you insist on having conditions and things like that in certain circumstances, certain markets, you will just genuinely never buy a house. So that kind of is a good
0: segue into the final point, which is value. So one of, if you're in a bidding war, the seller is going to be most encouraged really by two things, ultimately the price and then the conditions. Yes the deposit depends on the deposit but usually people understand that a 5% thereabouts deposit is required and you you get that most of the time uh closing date could be one but those two minor seemingly minor things in the big scheme of things um the price is usually the most important to most sellers yes you as a realtor have to know what I call the intimate price of that home. What do I mean by intimate price? Intimate price to me means you have to fully understand what somebody in that very moment is going to be willing to pay for that home, given its location, its condition, its upgrades, its supply versus other, um, like what is the supply on the market of similar homes? What is the demand for it? And that's not even looking at what offers you're up against or how many offers you're up against, just know knowing the market. So if a home is priced at a million dollars and it's got five or six offers on it, and you know that you can speak in an educated manner to your purchase to your buyer client, that because of the fact this home is on this street and because they've got the beautifully finished basement, whatever it is, I can see somebody paying X for this home because of these other two sales and the way the market is going. Um,
1: whatever You have
0: to be able to have that intelligent and educated conversation
1: with all parties. Well, and as a buyer, it's important to be of the right mindset because it's funny how many times I'll have a conversation with a client who we're helping them with purchasing and selling. And when it comes to buying, I was like, Oh no, I need to get the best deal. Like I just want to work on trying to get the lowest price. Yeah, Let's
0: put in an offer of 900,000. They're asking
1: a million and there's seven offers on it. Right. Yeah. But let's just try. And then all of a sudden the conversation changes to, okay, now I can sell your house. Oh yeah. Top dollar, top dollar. It's like they're, well, sure. That's the only way people know how to negotiate, right? Yes. But if if they go into that mindset, they're never going to buy and they're going to be unhappy right. with the sale. So
0: the key there is if you've got a good realtor that does understand the market, that does understand the positioning of the property you're trying to purchase, you have to take their advice and run with it. And don't be gun shy, don't be timid because you're going to lose out. And in bidding war situations when the market's hot, if you're losing out on this home, that home now sets a precedent. So if that home sells for a million twenty, the next home that list is not going to sell for a million twenty if it's a comparable home. It's going to sell for maybe a million twenty five, maybe a million thirty, maybe a million fifty, depending yeah. on the supply. So now we're back up into that uptick. Now, this is just a discussion around multiple offer and bidding war situations, which we are currently in, again, in many areas and with many different price points and many different styles of homes. So as the market shifts and changes, yes, there's different strategies and different tactics and negotiation that happens. But in in this current situation where there's, look, and what's really happening is that there haven't been enough homes coming on the market not enough people listing their homes. So oh, the prices came down 27%. So I'm not going to sell. I'm going to stay here for another, whatever. But now supply is low. Weather's nice. Mortgage rates have stabilized. People are getting confident again in the market and people need still need to move.
1: Well, you have to go into it being comfortable knowing that you may end up in multiple offers. And it's not unusual that a house that's been on the market for 30 days, as soon as they get one offer, another person that was sitting on the fence will come in with another offer and you're competing. We're going so to don't, see a lot of that over the next six to eight weeks. Very common right now. So don't think that just because you're going after a house that's been around for a while, you're not going to be competing. You probably will. And you need to be prepared for that. And don't be afraid of it. Don't let it discourage you from submitting an offer on a house if there's already one on it. Or if another one comes in, don't back off. Just go in educated.
0: Actually, that, I didn't even have it on my list, but I do want to talk about it real quick. Okay, it's a little bit off topic. Do you know what one of my biggest pet peeves is when it comes to multiple offers?
1: Oh, because I was going to say zippers that are too tight when you put it up around your neck. What is it, though?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to, okay, next Next episode, I'm going to put on these KT vests, yeah. the one that you're wearing, and I'm going to zip it up. So for those of you that think we're crazy, we got these new KT vests in, and it's the type of vest that I would... Oh, no, it wasn't the vest. It was the Adidas jacket. Oh, right. It wasn't the vest. It was the Adidas jacket. That's right. So it's the type of jacket. I call it like a warm-up jacket. And... uh I could see myself wearing it in the spring season golfing yeah. in the morning. Yeah, oh yeah. And I would 100% zip it all up. And Adrian is looking at me and says, "Who zips up their jacket all the way like that?"
1: Well, hey, last time we and, had last time we threw a, a a poll like this so far it had to do with Saying nobody would live in their first house forever. So far, I'm winning that poll.
0: You're only winning that poll because all the old people are <laughs> chiming in saying, "I've lived in my home for 35 well, how years." How can a young person chiming? I was talking about the market now, going forward. Well, nobody sure, will be my, able to know until they're old. My great great grandmother died in the home she was born in.
1: <laughs>
0: Fuck. Okay, okay so what so is- my biggest pet peeve in multiple offer situations is when a realtor will call me back because we call all the realtors to say, hey, there's offers on this property. Your client's interested. Oh, they're not interested in getting into a bidding war. Right. Well, what the hell are you doing? Well, so newsflash, if you're not interested in getting into a bidding war, and, you know, a lot of these people end up changing their... Modus in, operandi inevitably like have a couple to. of weeks later because inevitably that's the only way you're going to end up buying a home. But when the realtors become passive and they're like, "Oh, there's nothing I can do because my client doesn't want to get in a bidding situation." Yeah. Well, educate them.
1: Yeah. Well, t- in in those cases, usually it's just time that does it, not the not their agent. It's usually- it doesn't
0: cost you any money. To put an offer in. So go all in. If the maximum you are willing to go is a million dollars on that property, put that offer in. Because you have no idea what the other offers are. Maybe the seller wants to sell it to a family like yours. Maybe you have a German Shepherd and the seller has a German Shepherd. And they're like, oh my, it's going to go to somebody with a German Shepherd. We'll sell it to them.
1: It's a good voice. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what you think German Shepherd owners sound like? Because you you mocked me when I did an old person voice once. You did an old person voice? I don't know. Uh, You never know. And and in this market, I mean, you just need to know what the house is worth. So have your agent do a market analysis and give you their range. And tell you what you think it'll sell for. you
0: know, you say market analysis. I say know the intimate value because— Well, it,
1: call it what you fucking want. Mar- it's the same
0: thing. No, it's not. It because is. a market analysis— I'm referring to the same thing. You a market just call analysis, you are looking at the sold and active comparable sales. No, that's part of it. That's part of it.
1: You still, basically, I look at it and say, okay, what would I expect to sell it for as a seller?
0: Yes, well, that's what I'm saying, is that a lot of realtors don't do that. Right. They do what they were taught in those Humber Humber classes to pull up the, and, they, you know, that's a whole other point on, on brokerages and how brokerages train you how to evaluate a property. But if you're not out on the streets going into all the homes that are active, talking to the other realtors of why did that home sell for that much? Did you go in that home? That home smelled like cat piss or how whatever.
1: The, and, and even the, the staging, like there's all these different aspects you have mm-hmm. to look at. Like how, did, how would a buyer feel walking into this one versus that, home that one? Was that home clean? Did it smell good? Right. Was it well
0: maintained? Was all the caulking and painting and everything done? New floors. Oh, those floors were off, awful because it had uh, cheap laminate and the laminate was bubbling or whatever. You got to know the intimate... Value of it. But don't call me and tell me your client doesn't want to get into a bidding war because that really is them telling you they just don't want to buy that house or they're gun shy or they're afraid of something.
1: Yeah. Well, and that's the conversation I would typically have with that agent.
0: Yeah. It's the agent not doing their job because... For sure. Now... You're letting your, you are being passive to allow them to feel good about not quote unquote overpaying for a home because it had four offers on it. What if that was their dream home? What if that would have been the perfect home for them? And now three weeks go by and because you were passive and letting them lead the way, now that same home is worth 20 grand more. 25 grand or more.
1: wait at the worst conversation to have ever is after your clients do decide not to submit an offer. Uh, and then a week later you see it sold for a price they would have paid. That's a very uncomfortable conversation. And
0: pet peeve number two. Okay. No,
1: I won't even say it's a pet peeve. Yeah.
0: Realtor tip. Always have the discussion with your purchaser, your buyer client in that kind of situation when you're in multiple offers and you know you have to put your best foot forward, when it comes to price, buyers will always say, okay, Adrian, that's that's my max. Let's say it's a $1,025,000. As a realtor, you always should make it very clear and give them a little bit of time but make it very clear and say, okay, Adrian, or Mr. Buyer, if we find out tomorrow that the home sells for a million thirty thousand dollars, it's sold, it's gone for a million thirty, and your max was a million twenty-five thousand, would you say, oh, coulda, shoulda, woulda? Would you be disappointed or would you say, ah, if somebody was willing to pay that for those, then let them have it and I'll wait for the next one.
1: Right. If someone says their max number, there's always room to move.
0: If I I don't care what you are interested in buying when it comes to real estate, it could be a cottage, a, a condo, a $4 million home, a $4,000 rental property, whatever. If you find out somebody outbid you by a few bucks, you're going to be pissed.
1: Well, depending on how you feel about it. And if you genuinely feel like you would be completely happy, that's okay.
0: Exactly. That's my point, is you have to get to that point. Yes. And give your buyer client a little bit of time to just settle and discuss. That's why getting proper communication, proper paperwork, all in order before this all goes down so if you're my buyer and offers need to be presented at six o'clock and registered by five, I'm ready to go by four thirty, And then I know how many offers are coming in on this property. We can adjust on the fly if we need to improve our offer because now there's more offers or whatever. You just want to have that flexibility, but I'm always going back to you as my buyer and saying, if it sells for, I'm fine with your max at million twenty five, but if you find out it sells for a million twenty seven, are you going to be disappointed? And that's also after the discussion of now this home sell sets a precedent. So at a million twenty seven, if I'm able to find you the right home that's comparable to this in this neighborhood, it's probably going to sell for more because we are in now a bit of an uptick in terms of price and supply and demand. Well, and, and blah, for blah, the blah.
1: realtor that doesn't want to be air quote, pushy and ask their clients spend more money. I had a client once who hired us. And when they hired us, I asked, well, why have you chosen to work with us this time? And why didn't you call the previous agent? And the reason they had, and I've said this before, the reason they didn't call the other agents is they were upset that that agent didn't push them to spend an extra $30,000 to buy the house they wanted to, because had they have done that, they would not be buying a new house now. So. Even though I know there's this is very common for real estate agents or salespeople to feel that they don't want to be pushy, you're not being pushy, you're leading people to be successful in this transaction, and sometimes that means uh finding ways to convince them to spend the right amount of money, yeah, otherwise they're going to miss out and well be said. resentful well said
0: all right, yeah, well, there you go, so hopefully for those of you that uh Our realtors right across Canada, I know we have a bunch of you following and listening. Uh, Leave us a comment. Let us know what you think. If you found any of these tips helpful. And if you're a buyer or a seller and you want to chat about this, yeah, leave us a comment. Make sure you like and subscribe. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Thank you very much for watching or listening to 33 of KD Confidential. If you're a realtor, we want to know what you think. Leave a comment below. See you next week.